The Warriors All 82 podcast is brought to you by Game Time, your new go to app for the best deals on last minute tickets. Did you know Warriors ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers and then shows you all the best last minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. Catch the D'Angelo Russell Show. He'll be home next week after dropping 52 in Minnesota tonight. Hello and welcome back to an overtime edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. Overtime for the Warriors in Minnesota tonight. Overtime for me and John Krasinski right now. We are sitting here past midnight. I have a 6 a.m. flight out oh, of Minnesota going man. to Oklahoma City for a back-to-back. Indirect to Oklahoma City because you can never fly directly there. Um, but... It was an interesting enough game that on the front end of a back-to-back, I figured I should probably podcast. Uh, like I said, overtime, D'Angelo Russell scores 52, career high. Andrew Wiggins has 40 and was really the player of the game. I mean, you know, definitely from Minnesota side. Um, it's, it was, this was fun. The Warriors are 2-7, and seven, but this was fun. It, it was fun, man. Uh, you know, the, I think the first, like, really three, three-and-a-half quarters were super ugly. A lot of turnovers. A lot of missed shots. I mean, the Wolves in particular, I think, really played poorly defensively and um, just couldn't get anything together. Carl Towns is in foul trouble. so yeah, They should have lost to this Warriors They should have lost. You know, the Warriors were up four with 29 seconds left. Yeah, and they and they just coming off a, a bad loss in Memphis where they gave up 137 to a team with a 97.1 offensive rating. So um, they were a little desperate. Uh, but the, the last five minutes of regulation and then the last five and then the five minutes in overtime were fun to watch it was back and forth they're big shots on both sides Wiggins has all of a sudden become Mr. Clutch for them uh he helped them beat uh Brooklyn in overtime uh, hit a bunch of threes in the fourth quarter to beat Miami and now came through big time for them uh down the stretch in this game as well and um you know it, it was fun I mean you know you have D'Angelo Russell going off in the building of the team that really wanted to sign him in in oh, the we'll summertime get and, we're gonna get know, to that yeah so it, it was just yeah it, it was a fun finish to a pretty raggedy game that's for the start yeah um from the warriors side you know they have this balance right now where um if you are taking a completely unemotional view of the season uh, really if you're more of a front office person if you're more of like a team building not around the team on a daily basis it's like very good loss you showcase d'angelo russell's value 52 right in front of like you said the wolves team that was like obsessed with him this summer um you boost his value Either in the long term, even if you're keeping him, it looks good that he has 52. But even if you're trading him, um, you keep it competitive. You keep the fans engaged. You know, even your fan base back home is watching the game like, oh, you know, this is going well. And then you still get the late loss that puts you to two and seven. The Knicks won in Dallas tonight. That's a big win for the Warriors. (laughs) The Knicks are now two and seven. So same record um, as far as lottery ball odds go. But the other side of that balance is um, the more, you know, emotional side of this is the fact that you know it's disappointing for these young warriors you know this is a team that kind of needs boosters they really got one uh with that portland win it was kind of invigorated them really for this past week um you know kind of people were getting energized around pascal um you know and it's 
But again, it, they screwed up late in this game, just like they screwed up late in the the Hornets' loss. Um, really, they could. I don't know that it would be good for the Warriors if they were four and five right now. But they could be four and five right now. Um, and you know, it it felt a little deflated post game um, because they, like they know they're not playoff bound. But I mean, this is a team that you've been around young teams yes. like. Wins are wins help you kind of survive the dog days, and we are not to the dog days of the season. But it's going to start feeling like it if they start looking at their record. It's two and eleven, three and fourteen. Uh, so wins are still important. Yeah, let me tell you, as a someone steeped in the tradition of lottery balls and of covering bad teams, these guys in an eighty-two game season, there are probably not going to be a lot of opportunities for them to win games and and have it right in front of them. I think they're up eight in the fourth quarter. They're up like five with like thirty seconds to go. Yeah, up one hundred eight, one hundred four. I believe it was 30 seconds ago they let towns get an offensive rebound and then they have like they scramble to get pressed and they have a bad turnover and that turns into the wiggins layup and losing overtime yeah so like we this team as it is constructed right now is not going to have many time chances to win games so when you get in those positions Closing out one or two of them is not the worst thing for the psyche of the team because we, yeah, when you get to three and fourteen, when you get to you know a, a season where you you're winning in the twenties or even a little less, I mean it is a brutal slog that is really taxing on them mentally. So if you can pile up a win or two and get yourself feeling at least a little bit good, um, I, I definitely would would recommend that, and they let that one slip away for sure. Yeah, I mean, look what's coming up for them. They play, like I said, you know, the Thunder isn't a great team, but they already smacked the Warriors once this season when Steph Curry was healthy and Draymond Green. Um, it is a road back-to-back in a you know it's cold city it's just going to be tougher let's assume you know off an overtime game yeah coming off an overtime game like you know you lose that game you're two and eight going back home and then this week you got two home games and one quick road game in la and the home games are against the celtics and jazz who are both good teams playing well and your road games against the lakers who i think won seven in a row they're probably staring at two and eleven by the end of the week uh, and then it starts to be kind of uh, demoralizing, I think, around the team. Yeah, I think when you get a hole that big and you know no help is coming anytime soon, uh, that's that's when you can get to despair. And the, the thing that will be really interesting for me as an outsider to watch, I think like the Timberwolves for over all of these years, they go into a season knowing it's going to be really rough. They know that they're going to take some on the chin and they're fighting an uphill battle all the way. This Warriors team is in this position totally unexpectedly. I mean, even when you lose Durant, you still you get Russell and you have you have Steph and Draymond and you figure you're at least going to be in the mix, but to all of a sudden be now, you know, at 2 and 7 and probably headed to 2 and 11, that's a that's a tough thing for a team to just adjust to right away. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think as early as the Curry Curry injury happened in the season, I think that reality set in pretty quickly for them. But still, it's 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 one thing to know it's coming; it's another to experience it. Um, let's talk Russell. We probably have waited too long. Um, fifty-two points tonight, career high. First time he's hit fifty. Nineteen of thirty-seven shooting, thirty-seven shots, and like I didn't think it was. You know he was. I mean, he was gunning, but it was proper that yeah. he should have been. I mean, we know the, the the realities of the roster, and he was hot. Um, it's crazy if you look at it. He only uh, made two shots at the rim, mm-hmm. so seventeen of his um, 
makes were either floater range. I think he was like something like six to seven on deep twos. He made seven threes. Um, I mean, just showed off what he is at his best, which is like unbelievable touch. I mean, like those soft little like 19 footers. Yeah. Uh, the, the jumper he had on Towns was unbelievable down the stretch. Um, I, you know, he was awesome. He controlled the whole game. Steve Kerr, who is obsessed with not doing high screens all the time, has realized he's kind of had to uh, with this roster. And, um, you know, he, he, he put on a showcase for old Glenn Taylor, didn't he? He sure did. I mean, he, you know, I think that there are a lot of people that wonder just what what is how good really is this guy and is he a max player and and even when the Timberwolves are going hard after him there were some people who are saying uh, you might have dodged a bullet when 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 the Warriors kind of pulled the rug right out from underneath you but I think like a game like today was exactly why they were so enamored I mean this Timberwolves team does not have many shot makers at all and he is a shot maker extraordinaire and you saw him just strafe them in the mid-range and you know I think they wanted to keep him from getting to the rim but they sagged off of him too much and he just kept on just right in their right in their face right in their face bang 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 and so it First is of all, that's bad defensive strategy by terrible. Minnesota because he's not a quick burst guy no. at the rim. Do not – I mean, and it was early. Like, they they got him hot. You know what I mean? For they sure. gave him those shots. Yeah, they, they got they, – he, he got to see him go through, and they didn't really change quickly enough. Um, you know, when you look at the rest of the roster that he's playing with, I would have been a hard, aggressive double and try and get the ball out of his hands and let someone else beat you. And they were some, you know, somewhat worried about some of the other shooters, but man, Russell was just rolling. And so, you know, it, it does show why they were, why the Timberwolves were interested in him. Carl Anthony Towns is very close to him, did a lot of recruiting of him to try and get him to come to Minnesota. And so it would not surprise me if eventually the Warriors ever make it known that, hey, make some offers that the Timberwolves don't at least pick up the phone and say, hey, what would it take to get him? Well, you are the original, you originally reported the story of of the weirdness of uh, the start of July where, you know, he's on the helicopter in L.A. with Towns, with, you know, like the decision makers with the Wolves. And as that's going on, the Warriors kind of strike the deal that really shocked the whole NBA world. Even us, we were covering the team for the sign and trade that gets Russell. Um, but fast forwarding it, knowing that he in some ways kind of left them at the altar. Um, but you mentioned the relationship with towns that remained strong. We saw what he did tonight. Sometimes franchises really are, um, a little too reactive to what they just see in front of them. You know, sometimes team, you know, people always joke with doc rivers that he, you know, he only gets guys either he's had or that have cooked him. Like, (laughs) you know, do you even pay attention to the other games these guys play? But anyway, do you think this Wolves team remains interested in him in the immediate? Obviously, he cannot be traded until I believe it's December 15th, yeah. but I need to check. I was talking to you about this earlier. There is a rule if you get such a big raise that it actually moves to January 15th. But regardless, before the trade deadline this year or even this summer, how interested do you think the Wolves are? I think the Wolves remain interested. Um, you know, the, for I know for from a from Towns' perspective, he didn't take it personally because he's like, hey, look, my buddy got a max deal to play for the freaking Golden State Warriors. How can I hold that against him? Uh, the, 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 the Wolves, Gerson Rosas, um, and the decision makers here know that there is a business in this league and that they, they don't take that personally. And they are definitely from the Daryl Morey school of aggressively pursuing star players if and when they become available. They really, really want 
a young point guard to pair with Towns. And that's why they didn't go after Russell Westbrook and didn't go after Chris Paul this summer was they felt that those two were a little too old and a a little too advanced and, and not close enough to Towns' age. They think Russell fits that perfectly and their maxes are also like 30 you know it's like we say max for this max for that there's a difference in maxes you know i think russell's making around 27 this year Mm -hmm. uh westbrook's right around 40 yeah paul's right you know hugely huge differences but yeah but i i so i you know long story short i do think that there remains some interest on the wolves side now how do you structure a deal or how quickly or how aggressively would they pursue it when that door opens on December 15th? That I'm not sure about yet, but I do think that they remain intrigued by him and certainly would explore possibilities there if uh, they become available again. Yeah, I mean, young pieces that would potentially intrigue the Warriors. Uh, Jordan Bell? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Definitely not Jordan Bell. Um, no, you know, I mean, obviously Covington's the... One that I, I think is yeah good. What's remaining on his contract? I remember he signed like another two after this, and it's at um, twelve, thirteen million yeah. somewhere in there. It's yeah. very, it's very, for, very uh, reasonable for so. an Andre Iguodala like you know versatile wing defender, mm-hmm. switchy. He fits you know if the Warriors are, bring back their two star guards next year, uh, you know Stephen Clay, Draymond's back, Pascal, like you infuse like a Covington into that kind of like switchy lineup like that feels like a playoff winning lineup mm-hmm. um so Covington would probably be like at the core of that deal I mean a Kogi uh he would he would be a piece that would definitely intrigue the Warriors you know again like you know played off the bench tonight I thought he was pretty good defensively against Pascal he took the charge uh to to absorb Pascal's sixth foul kind of frustrated him a little bit um how willing would the Wolves be to give up, a, uh, you know, particularly a Koji. I'm looking at. Well, you know, I think um, the with a Kogi, uh, I think they're. If I'm putting myself in Gerson Rosas' shoes, he did not draft a Kogi. It was a Tom Thibodeau draft pick, so I don't think that they're married to him as much as maybe you would be if you if you selected him and want to develop him. I know they like him. They think that he has upside. Um, they love his defense um, on a team that lacks a lot of defend uh, de- defensive prowess. So, uh, but I think that if they, they, bottom line is, is if they decide that D'Angelo Russell is a guy that they really want, I don't think Josh Okogie would be someone that would prevent it. It would be a deal breaker um, for that to happen. The interesting one for Culver. me, Culver, again, like they're very high on. They think he's going to be really good over the long term. He has not been good so far. He's been no, really I underwhelming. Mean, he was terrible tonight. Yeah. Um, he didn't played, make a shot Played, played pretty well against Memphis, but he has just looked timid and it looked like he's had struggled with the physicality so far. They remain really high on him for the long term, but so far he has not been um, what they what anyone envisioned yet. So, um, you know, but I think any of these guys, you know, would they would part with, you know, outside of Carl Anthony Towns um, if, if they really said, you know what, D'Angelo Russell is, a, is the guy who we think would be a perfect running mate for Towns. I think they'd part with all of them. I mean, Covington uh, is interesting because Towns is very close to him as well, and obviously has a good contract, and and he is a you know really good defender and a good shot maker. 
But, you know, obviously if I'm the Warriors, I got to take him in that. Yeah, let me ask you about Covington. Uh, is his uh, He had knee issues knee like all last year. Mm-hmm. Um, detail that a little bit and like where is he now with that? So he came over in the Jimmy Butler trade from Philly and I'm telling you, his impact was immediate. Like, I mean, defensive player of the year good for 20 yeah, games. Yeah, I remember, I remember. Like, you know who loves him? Draymond loves Yeah, him. sure. Yeah, he fits right in. I mean, he's 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 tremendous that way. And the Minnesota Timberwolves were actually playing top 10 defense during that first little spurt, which is like the most unlikely thing you'd ever say in your life because the Timberwolves have always been a turnstile defensively. But uh, so he then he started to experience some knee issues right around the first of the year, missed the entire 42 last 42 games of the year. They called it a bone bruise. There's still some mystery about the exact nature of it, but he had a debridement procedure in the offseason and really missed about seven months total of, of playing. And so he's still working rust off. He's not what he was, um, and he, he doesn't look quite as comfortable as, as you'd want him to in the early going here. But there's, there's optimism that he will eventually get to that point. That said you do want to monitor it and see if that's going to turn into a chronic issue. And if it is, it might make them more willing to, tr- to trade him away. And it also might give other teams more pause as they look at possibly bringing a guy like him in. Yeah, medicals will be swapped. D'Angelo doesn't have the cleanest uh, mm-hmm. medical bill himself. Um, anyways, I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves. <laughs> but you know, what else? There's, what the else Warriors are 2-7. I mean, this is definitely the story of the night. Um, I mentioned Pascal. He, he kind of... Um, he's so strong and, and, and he bowls to the rim. He's got these quick drives, and it was really, you know, really worked against the Hornets. It really worked against the Blazers. And the last two games with PJ Tucker and then Covington and Okoji tonight, um, they're kind of bringing the physicality a bit more to him. And they're really, you know, they took a couple charges tonight. Um, length bothered him at the rim a couple times. Co- Covington pin blocked him once. Towns kind of bothered his shot a couple times. What did you think of the rookie who has kind of really emerged? And uh, also, I mean, he's clearly got to adjust to the adjustment. There has been a scouting report on him. He kind of needs to, to solve that. That seems to me the key is that once you get a little tape on this guy or anybody that um, you, you, the book kind of gets out on him and, and it's clear that the Wolves went in with that plan knowing that they could take advantage of some things um, and get him into some trouble, foul trouble, um, maybe bait him into some charges and use that aggression against him. And, you know, that's the, the thing that always stands out about him and watching him in other Warriors games this year is, gosh, he plays just so incredibly hard and really just overwhelms with effort, like kind of like Fareed style in, yeah, in his, in his these, time. Is these weird, like catch it and then it's like there's a like quick twitch like slashing yeah. drive with like the big upper body that people yeah. are kind of bouncing off super strong um and so you know all he's gonna have to do now is control himself a little bit i mean a kogi deals with that as well he's got a lot of power to his game but he's a little bit out of control um a lot of times especially offensively and so i think that as as defenders get a little bit more used to his tricks he's going to have to be able to play off of that a little bit more and, and bring a little bit of finesse to that game, and he'll be fine. But, um, you know, whenever you can find someone that can come in and, and, and bring the boost that he has, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's that's found money right there. So uh, it's a good good start for him, even though tonight was not, not the greatest. Um, so Thunder go to Oklahoma City uh, to close his back-to-back, <laughs> as I told you. Um, 
also the other story of the day around the Warriors, there was a Bleacher Report, mm-hmm. um, you know, report early this morning from um, Rick Bucher with, with within it was saying that Steph Curry, um, there was a team source that told him that Steph Curry was probably, you know, likely to miss the rest of the season with this hand in- injury that initially said was worse than thought. Kind of the team really pushed back on it hard during the day. He kind of Buker kind of corrected himself and said, "Well, for competitive reasons, they might sit him for the whole season." Uh, I am going to put the audio of Kerr. I asked him about a pregame, a couple questions, including, "Hey, you know, even if he's healthy, are you planning to hold him out if you're out of playoff contention?" He really fought back hard against that. So, uh, I will I will send it to the audio of Kerr pregame on that subject. John, I appreciate you coming on. Um, and I don't think uh, I don't think I'll be seeing you come playoff time. Maybe the quick Wolves make the playoffs or no? I mean, there's a couple of open spots down in the West. They, it, the the door is open a crack, but it's just a crack. I still would be surprised if these guys put it together. I mean, if they're fighting to to beat this team at home, better than what the Blazers did. Yeah, that's true about that. That's true about that. Maybe maybe see, they'll rally. Lillard, and do it. Had, Lillard had sixty tonight in a loss. Sixty. I didn't see it. Oh my goodness, boy, Portland's struggling I think right was, now. I think bit. I saw something was like it might have been the first time ever that two guys had fifty plus on the same night in losses. So. That's amazing. Uh, but hey, maybe hey, if the Wolves get D'Angelo Russell and he and he plays like he did tonight, maybe they will uh, make a playoff push in the second half. Ooh, there's a tease. All right, uh, again, I'm going to send it to Steve Kerr, and we are chatting about the the report that they are pushing him back against that Steph will miss the whole season. I have no idea where that came from. I talked to um, Bob and Rick today, and nothing's changed on our front. Um, Steph will be reevaluated in three months, and um, at that point we'll have an update, and the plan is for him to be back out on the court playing um, the minute he's deemed ready to go by our training staff. So, yeah, that one was kind of a head-scratcher. You, so, I mean, just to clarify, you guys would not just keep him on the bench even if you're not in the playoff race, right? No, no, he's, you know, Steph wants to play, and, uh, you know, we want to put the best possible product on the floor for our fans and uh, people uh, come from all over to watch Steph Curry play basketball. And... Um, you know, he's going to be bored. He's probably already bored. He's dying to play. So, yeah, I, we were all sort of confused by who the source was um, because really I would be a good source. So I'm just telling you now as your source, nothing's changed. So Bob and Rick would tell you the same thing.